Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma to the Job Seekers Podcast. Boom. Welcome to our fifth podcast, Getting Laid Off from Your Job and Your Next Steps Forward. Listen to this podcast and we will touch upon the shortcomings that come with getting laid off from your job. We will also touch upon the multitude of strategies to help individuals rebound from getting laid off and getting back into the workforce. So for this podcast, we have an amazing leader within the realm of career coaching. His name is Al Robinette. Our guest is a certified professional career coach and industrial and organizational psychology practitioner. He is also the president of his own company, Career Path Consulting and Development. Al is an exceptionally qualified career coach as he obtained a master's as well as a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. Al assists with career counseling, peer relationships, and overcoming stress. Specifically, Al specializes in competency skills, communication style, acumen capacity, and critical thinking. On the job, Al's worked with clients from all over the country, and he works with clients virtually and in person. So much more than a career coach, Al is somebody with a unique story to tell, a story that he says everyone in the room can learn from. And without further ado, here's our next guest, Al Robinette. Al, I'd like to welcome to the LEG Job Seekers podcast on what to do after you've been laid off. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate being on. Look forward to it. Awesome. So we just wanted to hear directly from you. We already gave our intro our spiel, but how did you get into the world of career coaching? Um, actually, uh, my story is probably similar to the average person out there today, um, having great career, great success. And then as the economy and things change, companies reorg and then they downsize and they eliminate positions. And for myself, I went through that twice um, where I had out of the blue, no idea it was coming and bam, your job position has been eliminated. Uh, so it, it can be a very um, emotional and frustrating yeah. time. So I kind of took up the charge to start helping people plan their careers uh, to prepare for that as best they can and also avoid it if they can. Sure. Yeah, I've always I've heard some amazing stories uh, from career coaches. I think the best ones are the ones that that they've been through the situation themselves and they're ready to help other people move past it in in quicker time and and in less pain than the actual person you know went through. So you know, I think it's great to hear your story. So I want to kick this off by asking, what is the first thing that you should do as soon as you find out you've been laid off? That's a great question. I think the first thing I'm going to tell anybody and I tell my clients is breathe. Take a deep mm -hmm. breath. Take a moment. Okay, it's happened. Um, you can't go back and change it. So just take that moment and breathe. Because um, this is not necessarily have to be the end of the world. Um, even though it feels that way and you know, oh my God, I've lost my job and maybe you don't have enough savings put aside like the six right. months or 12 months of reserves everybody says you should have, uh, you immediately want to go into that anxiety and panic mode. Um, but you know, it's okay to take that time to pause and say, okay, what are my options? Start to think about what, what does this mean? What can I do? Um, cause I'm going to assume, you know, there, there hasn't been a networking and, and career professional, uh, you know, managing of your career to have your job ready for the next job right. lined up. So you're going to start to think, okay, what do I do? How am I going to pay my bills? Um, you know, what is my friends and family going to think, you know, I didn't do anything wrong, but they're going to think I did. And all of that starts to get all knotted up. Um, so sure. breathe. <laughs> that's that's a great answer and and for me you know they, they always say like physiologically we're so connected to to our breath and and everything so you know i think a lot of us when we start to go in that panic mode we start to really shorten our, our breathing patterns which ends up making things worse so 
Absolutely. And, and I think what I find happens is when we make decisions in that panic mode, they end up being decisions we regret or end up causing bigger problems down the road. And that's where I find a lot of people get into that mode of, um, of you know, I'll get that phone call and says, look, you know, I just lost my job. I got to pay my mortgage. I need a job tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, that's great, but it's probably not going to happen that way. We, we have unrealistic goals at that point. But the, the, the unfortunate part is when someone gets into that panic mode, they take the first job they can get because they got to get some kind of income going and it ends up being a job that they don't necessarily like. They may not feel rewarded doing it, but they stay because it pays the bills. And then they get into this lifelong trajectory where I've had clients stay in a job for 20 years that they hated because it became comfortable and it's just what they knew. And they were afraid to make a change because they didn't want to go through that experience again. Wow. And so would you see, would you think that this is the worst thing that you can do after being laid off? What's the worst thing you could do? Yeah, is that panic mode and those snap yeah. decisions. Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the worst things you could do for sure. Um, you know, and a lot of it too really becomes around with some, a good number of my clients, I end up doing coaching with them around emotional intelligence um, and having the ability to um, self-recognize what you're feeling and the ability to self-regulate to say, okay, I am feeling this sort of way about this topic. I'm going to control how I'm responding in my behaviors so right. that I don't make those decisions. So that's a whole different skill set uh, for people to develop that make those smarter, more calm, rational decisions. Right. Uh, you know, and it sounds in theory, it sounds all oh, okay. That's easy to do uh, and say that, but in reality, we all know that is a very stressful situation. You know, a client not too long ago, um, you know, she was a mom, she had two kids. Um, her, uh, she, she was a single mom and she didn't have, 30 days worth of savings and she got no severance. Right. So she immediately went into mom mode. <laughs> you know, I got to take care of my kids. So, you know, it's, it's hard to manage those emotions uh, and take that calmer approach. And that's where a career coach like myself comes in because we right. become kind of your CMO, your chief motivational officer. You know, our job is to help you think through those possibilities because we don't have the emotion tied into your situation that you do. So we can be that calming effect. Uh, to help talk through your options with you. Awesome. That's a great answer. And, and, and what would you say uh, would be some of the best ways that individuals can best cope with being laid off, you know, even from a psychological perspective? Yeah. Because, yeah. I'll let you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, when I think about when someone gets laid off, there's several things you've got to do. Um, whether it's laid off, fired, downsized, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the same process you got to go through. Um, and, and part of that is acknowledging that there's going to be a grief cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so just like any loss that someone has in their life, um, there's a grief cycle process where you go through shock, denial, anger, uh, depression, despair, and then you kind of get into that acceptance and hope mode. Um, so the same thing with your career is it's shock that it happened. Um, you can't believe it happened. So you're in that denial. I, I just don't believe this. And then you get angry. I can't believe they did this to me. I've worked there for so long and I'm a hard worker and I've had good reviews. And then you finally get into that. Oh my God, I can't find a job because you looked for seven days and you didn't get hired or you sent out 27 emails and nobody responded. So you hit in that despair mode. Oh my God, I'm never going to find another job. And then you finally say, okay, I'm going to work. And that's when you yes. get serious and you get into that plan. Um, and I would say, you know, part of that is, is sitting down, looking at your finances, cause you got to have a realistic expectation of where are you, what are your savings? What's your 401k? Did you get a severance? Um, you know, do you have any uh, other source of income? Do you have unemployment options? 
just assess your finances because I think that's going to help relieve some of that stress for you because now you're not guessing you have a time frame. I yes. know I have enough finances for 30 days, 90 days, whatever it is. Um, so then you can breathe a little bit and say, okay, okay, I'm not going to be homeless tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and then you can then take that to say, okay, let's, how much time am I going to spend focusing on my work, uh, looking for work? I can spend, uh, you know, eight hours a day looking for a job because even though you lost your job, right. you'll have a full-time job to find a job. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so, you know, you should be spending eight hours a day, you know, whether that's going to, um, different job fairs, whether that's making calls to people in your network, whether that's reaching out to your alma maters and what kind of career services they have, whether that's right. going out and, you know, applying online, but that really is becomes your focus is right. focusing on that every day. And that's a perfect segue into the next part of this podcast is I wanted to ask, what are, what have you seen as been the best practices of people who have been laid off um, from a networking perspective to go out there and, and connect with individuals that will help them get that next job? You know, what, what are the best practices there? Um, great question. And uh, the, the answer actually starts is if you're just now starting it, you're a little behind the eight ball. Sure. Um, you know, networking is really about a lifelong uh, commitment to growing your professional network. It's not about suddenly I need a job. I go into LinkedIn. I change my headline to say looking for the next opportunity. And then I start messaging everybody in the world that does the same job I do asking if they have work because that's going to annoy everybody. And it's going to give you a horrible reputation in your industry. Um, so it. the goal is to start to build your network now, if you're, if you're working, um, and connect with others that are in the same industry, the type of work you want to do and grow that network, um, organically, you know, having conversations, sharing content. Um, and then when this, something happens, you're able to reach out and say, Hey, by the way, just got downsized. Uh, if you know of anything, you know, let me know. So you're more leveraging them as a resource to keep you informed, not saying, hey, can you get me a job where you're at and vouch for me? Because they may not know you well enough to want to vouch for you. Um, so it's a little right. bit easier to network it that way. Um, and hopefully you've grown that over time and, and managed it. And, and just to throw out there too, when we talk about networking, because it's so many people have taken a negative spin to it because they've gone these weird directions with it. Um, when I talk about networking, it means just connecting with other professionals on a real level. You don't need 33,000 LinkedIn connections to be considered networking. Um, some of the best people that have had the best success at networking and growing their professional brand and career have had less than 500. Um, so sure. it's about the quality, not the quantity. Absolutely. And so I think, I think Al touched on um, some really amazing things here. And so at the end of the day, you know, this podcast isn't for people who have been laid off. This is for anyone who has a job and there's always that chance because you know, you're nothing is absolutely secure. Nothing's absolutely certain. So we need to do what we can to be as proactive as possible to plan ahead, even if we don't think it's going to happen. So um, digging your wells deep, making sure that you are um, definitely making sure those relationships are kept up with and you're not trying to have 2000 different Facebook friends rather than um, just a few solid um, people who can vouch for you, I think is, is really important here. So, and I kind of want to move, yeah, I, I, I want to move into to this idea of connecting with people, um, especially your family and friends here. Um, I was on Reddit the other day and I saw some questions about, you know, people um, afraid to tell their wives that they've been laid off, you know, afraid to, to, to let them know because they really are affected too. So 
What are some techniques, Al, do you think that you can assure your loved ones and friends that everything is going to be okay after being laid off? Great. Uh, that's a great call out. And one of the things I'll say is there's, um, <clears throat> there's, some, there's research that's been done and it's on the stress of um, adjusting to change that, that the, was the topic of the research. And <clears throat> there's a list of a little over 40 life events that are ranked in how stressful they are to a person. And um, job change, unexpected job change, ranks number seven out of the 40, uh, 44, I think it is, uh, as far as the level of intensity of stress that it causes on your life. So knowing that um, hiding or being embarrassed or feeling like you're not the provider for the family or any of those kinds of feelings, they are absolutely valid feelings. Uh, everybody goes through them in some way, shape, or form. But you need that support network to get you through that. Um, I don't care how strong or how tough or smart you are. Um, there's no reason to go through this transition alone. So what I usually recommend to my clients is to create a master support team. So you're going to pick three to five people in your life that are going to give you honest feedback, not the people that are going to tell you everything's rosy when it's not. You want people with honest feedback. Sure. Um, but you also want people who are going to be a support for you. So you can call an event when you're frustrated, when you're having a tough day, you did an interview and you thought you nailed it and they called you the next day and say they're going a different direction. You can call that person and talk about that. <clears throat> when you build that network, you're now sharing that stress workload. You're not carrying it all on your own shoulders because we all know the impacts of stress it has on your, your physical body, whether Absolutely. it's from your blood pressure, whether it's your your heart or your, you know, your eyes. I mean, there's so many things that stress has an impact on your body, your sleep patterns. So carry that workload with your master support team. Don't do it by yourself. Sure. And, and just to clarify, how many people would you recommend having in your master support team? Um, probably three to five. Three is usually a pretty good number. Um, it depends on what your, your network of, of people is. Because um, right. you may have people that you want on that team, but you may not be able to talk to them very often because of their responsibilities. So you might have four on your team now because you sure. know that one person you can get to once a month. <laughs> right. Um, but if you have people readily available, three is usually a pretty good number. Okay. And you recommend you people. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the other, because the other thing is the reason you want three to five is you don't want to have just one person and you dump everything on them. So now they're carrying, <laughs> you want to spread it around a little bit. Now it's almost like they are going through the same exact situation as you are. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's good advice. I think. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I love this idea. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think that's something that I need to, to have a more conscious, um, um, strategy with, because, you know, at the end of the day, I can kind of point to people left and right. I can be like, okay, I think my brother, in fact, I know my brother would be a part of, of, of that master support team, but, um, but I think having, having something mapped out, um, could help, you know, just in case anything happens. And so do you recommend that these people are, or are geographically close to you? Do they have to be in the same city? Um, can this be, you know, no, no, as long as you've got the good, the, the, the important part is the, uh, the, the connection you have to the person and the ability to have open, honest dialogue together. Um, that's the most important part of it. It can be by phone. It can be video. It can be in person. You know, it, it doesn't have to be in person necessarily. Um, okay. But the one thing I would say is if you want to put somebody on your team, don't ambush them. Uh, I had a client do that about a year ago. Uh, they picked the team and they would just randomly call these people up and brain yeah. dump. And the people had no idea why they were doing this. Sure. So have that conversation and ask them, hey, would you be a part of my master support team? Here's what I'm doing. I'm going through this transition. Great. And I think you're someone who could support me and I appreciate your input. Great. Uh, you know, and your knowledge. 
So I want to offer some some positivity and support for some people on this podcast who may have just lost their job, you know, yesterday, today. Uh, but are there any um, specific, um, call them like winning stories that come to mind of, of either past clients, you can keep them anonymous, um, who have been through the situation um, and have really picked themselves off the feet, off their feet to land a job and possibly even been better off than they were before. Um, but I'd like to hear from you if, if you know anyone or even yourself, I think would be a great example. The uh, different ones, including, like I said, myself, um, I most recently I was working with the, uh, the asset protection team from Toys R Us uh, here in North America because um, they obviously Toys R Us was closing in North America. And uh, we, we did some calls with the asset protection team and we did some one on one coaching with some of them and they were going through that same transition. So the company's wow. closing and no, no fault of their own. They're suddenly out of work. And, and what's difficult in some of those situations with a company that's that iconic is a lot of these individuals have never worked anywhere else. They've worked there 10, 15, 20 years. That's been their entire career. Uh, so now they're suddenly finding themselves, what do I do? How do I find a work? Where do I go? And, and they, you know, it's a lot of work to start to figure that out. And we had, we had several people very quickly were able to, uh, you know, locate positions that fit them geographically uh, and get into positions that were either equal to or a couple of them were actually better positions um, for them. And I think they're going to have some very long-term career success uh, with what they're doing now because a couple of them are, are in companies that have uh, have a lot of promotion ability. Uh, there's a lot of upward uh, mobility for them sure. as, they, as they grow in their career. Uh, and <clears throat> we've stayed in touch and talked to them since then, and they've really, uh, really enjoyed the environments they're in. Um, but awesome. I would even say, you know, with myself, each company that I went to after being a downsized, um, I look at all of that as a positive for me. As much as it was frustrating at first, each company brings a different experience. It brings a different skill set. You learn to work with other individuals maybe you've not been exposed to before. And it's that collective knowledge of these different places you work that actually helps shape who you are and how you're able to navigate your own career. Um, and I've made some really amazing partnerships over the years uh, with people, even through those downsizes. Uh, but for me, it motivated me. That was probably the biggest difference for me uh, is after that first time that it happened, uh, I said, okay, I'm taking my career in my own hands and I went yeah. back to school. And, yeah. and I've been on that lifelong adult learning. I'll probably still be you know, getting degrees until the day I die. There we go. Um, but I, I really pursued knowledge and the IO psychology really became my passion because um, it's really about people in the workplace and how do you help them work together the best you can. Uh, so being someone who's been on both sides of the desk, uh, doing the hiring and the person being hired. Sure. Uh, I have a, a very well-rounded pr perspective on, on career coaching. Absolutely. And, and you're really about taking this into spinning into a positive. It's like, really, this isn't something that you should not be ashamed of. This could happen to anybody. So uh, and I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, this is an opportunity for you to just take a pause and think, what do I want to do? So you may have been uh, doing the work you've been doing for several years, but is it the work that you love? Do you feel rewarded doing it? Or was it something you just took because it's the first person who made you an offer and it paid the bills? Um, and unfortunately, the vast majority of people in our country today are not working jobs that they planned to work and they don't necessarily feel 100% rewarded. Um, so they're kind of just coming to work, wow. it pays the bills and I go home, not saying I left fulfilled. I feel like I made a difference today. 
Um, so I think this is that time to say, okay, what do I want to do? Right. Cause maybe I've been working retail. Maybe I've been working in a warehouse. Maybe I've been working on a, an assembly line whatever it is to say, what do I really want to do? And could I do that? How do I get there? And again, that's part of where a career coach can help sure. is help you figure that out and develop a strategy to get there. Um, but you know, take that time to go after it. This could be the time to say, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. You know, maybe I was in that job for eight years and I never got promoted. And maybe that was that degree that was holding me back. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a trade school that you want to go after and change careers. Right. Um, and you know what? And for a couple of my clients, this was the time that they kind of had that life coaching moment and stepped back and said, you know what? I'm just going to take a couple of years off and spend with family. You know, because they were in a financial situation where they could do that. And they decided to spend time with their family. They had a, the one person had a new granddaughter and she just took time off to herself. And she's just now getting ready to go back into the workforce. Sure. And um, I want to go back to something you said, which which is just so mind blowing to me. It's that the majority of people are so many of these people in these situations are ending up working jobs that they really know they don't belong in. It's not that they don't. It's not just that they don't belong in them. It's like that they actually know that they don't belong in these positions. And so, what do you think is the long-term social impact um, of all these people in the workforce? You know, being in positions that they they really shouldn't be in. Great question. And there's multiple impacts for that. So, and when we say that they shouldn't be in the job, it doesn't mean they're not skilled or qualified to do it. It's just not their their primary driving forces from behavioral science. They're not being met. Um, so the first impact is to the organization and the individual, because one of two things is happening in that scenario. The person is either going to give the minimum effort they need to get through the day, not get fired and go home. So the company is not getting the maximum potential out of that person they could, or the flip side is they are giving a hundred percent, but they're not feeling the company appreciates it or recognizes it. So that starts to create a little bit of resentment toward the company because I'm busting my rear end for you and you don't care. Um, so it kind of becomes both of those, but the third piece that often happens and this does come up in career coaching from time to time, um, is that impacts the personal social life. Because when you're, when you don't love the work you do, you hate your boss, you're miserable at your job, you carry that home. So now whoever's at home, whether it's mom and dad, whether it's a significant other, whether it's your kids, you do carry that with you. Now you may do a pretty good job of controlling it in your perspective, but our body language is still going to show it, even if you don't say it. Um, so it's going to have an impact True. on relationships and, and your patience. Absolutely. That's a very good answer, Alan. I appreciate all your insight. Uh, just one other quick specific question. This comes from people um, that I found on forums. So I like to speak for them. It's how you actually address a layoff um, when either you've been asked about it in an interview or possibly in an email from a recruiter. You know, um, how would you address that? Great question comes up almost every single client. <laughs> um, so I would say there's no, there's not the taboo of this anymore that it used to be. Um, okay. You know, 20 years ago, if you were part of a layoff, um, there was this perception that, well, if they laid you off, then what did you do? Or you weren't worth keeping, so why would I want to hire you? And there was this whole stigma around it. Um, but today, because of the way the economy and businesses are and businesses approached, um, it's not the big deal it used to be. So it's best just to be honest about it and explain what happened. Um, okay. so, you know, I worked for this organization. They went through a reorganization. My position was eliminated. Uh, so that's made me available for new opportunities. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I think there's this fear. If I say I'm laid off, they're not going to want to hire me. And, and recruiters know what's going on. Recruiting is not as big a world as people think it is. Recruiters know each other. They talk, they, they know what's going on with the companies. They actually, a lot of them are amazing at helping. So I've got five people getting ready to be laid off my company. Do you have anything at your company? Like sure. they lead generate a lot of times to help out some of their employees. Um, so it's best just to be honest. And especially if it's a big downsizing too, it's going to be in the media. It's going to be in the news. It's going to be easy to validate. That's what happened. Perfect. Um, you know, so just be honest and it is what it is, you know, but I would say the one advice I would give you, um, is if you were downsized or reorg somehow, do not carry the, uh, the anger from that stage three of the grief cycle with you into interviews. Um, I've had a couple clients that blew interviews because they went in and got mad and talked about the prior employer negatively. And I don't care how angry you are about it, how you feel slighted. Um, don't do that because right. they know you are not emotionally ready to take a new job with them. They don't want you to carry that into the new workplace. Um, sure. do that. So just make sure you're in a good place to let that go. Right. And, you know, I don't I don't even work in the realm of career coaching at all, but I have had clients who have said these things. I'm like asking them about, you know, different parts of their resume and they'll, you know, start to talk about how they were undervalued. And it's just like, I really hope that, you know, that doesn't, you know, come across in an interview and things like that, even even though that's, you know, 100 percent accurate. So and that's one of the reasons that we also do um, interview prep sessions with clients. So if they find they get a call, I got an interview coming up. So great. Let's go through a prep session, you know, and I'll throw them some questions like that to see how that's going to come across um, and make sure they're ready for it. Excellent. Al, you've been absolutely magnificent throughout this entire podcast. I just want to know how can listeners um, either who are on right now here, YouTube, find out more about you or your services? Great question. Uh, they can just go to my website, uh, www.careerpathcd.com. Um, and the uh, email address, I mean, the website and the phone number, contact information is also on the free gift uh, that you're going to be sharing with your group as well. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What are, what are people who are listening to this podcast going to get? So because you stay to the end, you get to hear about the free item we're going to give you. Um, so, Ooh. but it's not a new car, so don't get excited. Uh, <laughs> so what I did is I put together a few forms that I use with my clients to help you with your job search. Um, there's a very common routine to job searches. So this document a helps you start to track where you've sent your resume. So you don't forget to follow up with somebody. Um, you're able to track your interviews. So you're going to type in, you know, who you're interviewing with and what time. So again, keeping that organized. But one of the coolest things I like about uh, this little packet you have, um, is going to be two forms. One is the job board form. So you're going to be putting your information on a ton of different job boards, most likely in different company websites. So you're going to be applying directly through the company and every one of them needs a username and a password and a website link. So this little form, you can put it all in there to keep it organized and you can remember everything and get into it really easy. Um, and then last one is, is even though you have these amazing resumes that Chris and his team will do for you, um, you're also going to have information that's not on those resumes. They're going to want to know the, the employer's address, the employer's phone numbers, and all these other little nuggets. What was your exact start date um, that are part of the application process for just about every company? So there's a form in there I give you that you can type all that stuff in there and have it readily available to either copy and paste or if you want to type it by hand. But you're going to put all of it together. Where was your school? What was the school uh, dates that you were there? School address? All those little annoying, repetitive things you're going to be doing 50, 60 times. Sure. I think that's amazing. And just, you know, as a reminder for everyone listening here, we're going to have the links to, to that tool and the links to Al's website 
in the description of the podcast. And also we're gonna have the YouTube link as well. So feel free to, in fact, I highly recommend you check out the description link and check out these amazing resources you're gonna have. So wonderful. Al, once, once again, I'd like to, to, to thank you for joining us on this podcast. And you've been incredibly insightful and your answers um, were very well thought. So I appreciate you joining us and I appreciate you taking the time today. So I appreciate it and hope it was uh, helpful for everybody in the audience. This podcast is powered by Let's Eat Grandma Resume Services, where I'm an owner slash investor. So there's an old joke behind the name Let's Eat Grandma saying that if you take the comma out of Let's Eat Grandma, you would like to eat your grandmother versus including the comma. It means a completely different thing. It's that you would like to eat with your grandmother. So do not forget those commas that can save lives. And we are firm believers in the power of punctuation. Let's Eat Grandma's helped in the past three years, hundreds and hundreds of clients in all different industries land better positions. The company actually rewrites your resume, LinkedIn profile, cover letter, you name it, to increase your chances of landing that coveted position. Let's Eat Grandma has existed for about three years and they have a handful of reviews that really have impressed me over the time. Uh, the first one being, I don't know if you remember me, but I am the little old lady that needed help with a resume when Phoenix Beverage was bought out and I needed to hit the unemployment line. Success has been achieved. I start on the 26th of this month with TriTech Communications. They have three offices in Maryland, Boston, and New York. I got my foot in the door, now watch me go. Jonathan from New York says, if you're looking for an honest company that truly does what they say, this is the company you want to work with. I went from getting no calls at all to landing my dream job. Within the first few days, I heard back from a company I have been trying to get in touch with for almost two years. Thank you so much for all your help. So check out Let's Eat Grandma if you are looking to get your resume revamped. For listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first order. Just go to letseatgrandma.com, order any one of the main three packages. So that's the starter package, accelerated package, and premium package, and enter the code podcast when checking out.